0: We're back.
1: It. We're back. Well,
0: I guess we're not back from a break yet. Usually, what is our intro like? Usually, I feel like we say we're back. When we're we just come like game we intro, like,
1: Hi, and then we'll just
0: something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, we're recording. How about that?
1: Um- <laughs> we're live, but we're not. We're live.
0: Right. We were allegedly gonna record uh, an episode yesterday at the time of recording, but um.
1: You, just you see what ha- happened was <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't just uh, me this time which made me feel yeah. a little bit better that you were also like mm, we can do tomorrow I'm like yes
0: yeah <laughs> i was like so tired like working i've been working a lot um and i was just like mentally just not there awesome. i was like like i was mentally there to like do it but like i wasn't mentally there to do it you know what i mean <laughs>
1: even though we kind of did uh, we did. That's the thing. We, like, but
0: we never recorded it. We fully, yeah, we fully did do a podcast episode and just didn't record it, is what actually happens.
1: So you guys are getting. <laughs> and then we watch Drag Race. Sloppy Seconds, which is today on this right. lovely, lazy Saturday. Right. Like truly, right. basically in our pajamas right now,
0: <laughs> as we should be.
1: Um, so first
0: up on the docket today, we're going to do some cute little music mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, because Nikki came out with her cute little, little, th- apparently it was a throwaway single. Um, <laughs> which like,
1: <laughs> like, I always said have that? like,
0: yeah, <laughs> she was talking on. about it on Twitter. Cause it like started charting and she was like, oh, that little old thing, my little <laughs> throwaway single. Um, but I mean, it was still cute. I'd like the seconds. So like sample queen manny right like the second i heard the song i was like oh my fucking god like i was already into it because the the like sample track or like the you know i don't even know if this technically qualifies as a sample but um it comes from the song never leave you by Lumity, which is like a song that came out in like the early 2000s like 2003 like it's a throwback song um And I honestly like completely forgot about it until I heard the beat come on the track. And then I was like, wait, oh my God, there's no fucking way. Um, It was very much in the same. It's kind of similar to what she did with like Anaconda, but um, it's not as directly referential to the original song. It's more so just like the underlying beat of the track.
1: Yeah, because if she had Lumidi come on the track, like what she did with Sir Mix-a-Lot, then it would have been probably more heavily mixed. But she's really using it as like a sort of like backing to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I thought it was okay. I mean, uh, I'm not the resident barb. Um is this the thing so- that I have up on you, which all like, honestly <laughs> like when it comes to Nikki stuff, I feel like lately it's really just more so memes <laughs> like what I send you there. and ran on Instagram, but um the song was alright. Already- I mean, she
0: is just like so memeable. She's a cultural icon. I feel like <laughs> it's just it's inevitable. But yeah, I really liked it a lot. Like, I think it's always hard for me to tell. Cause like, as soon as I get that, like hit of like, oh my God, I know the sample to the song. Like I'm in on the joke. I love this. Artists and music are amazing. Um, it's hard to tell if like the song was actually good or it's just like the nostalgia of knowing the original, like, you know what I mean? But I think it was still like pretty good. Like the rap, like the verses for me was like still cute. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was still cute. Um, it was a little referential to like Chun-Li, you know, um, yeah, she's really it's, just it's like that it was a single.
1: character yeah. I'm a use, I'm i I'm a own her for a little bit.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I, I really liked the new single, even if it was a throwaway, the sample obviously is cute. Um, we put it in the music mentions playlist. So get into that, get into the show notes. Um and we also added the song that she sampled by Lumidi to into the playlist as well. So if you need a little back to back moment, yeah, you'll see exactly if, what we're talking about.
1: If you were ever like in a car with a radio playing like top right. hits of the day back in two thousands, you will you know. probably would have heard the song at some point. Right. Um
0: unless yeah. you happen to be born after the year 2000, which is like a thing now. Very possible. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. <we're>, apparently Apparently. <laughs> and um yeah i still just like can't even fathom that because i i work with people who were like who were born like after 2000 like
1: well and not to be like a debbie downer (laughs) about it but i've talked about it with many people where like the cutoff for like cert because like there's millennial and zoomer like the generations whatever or gen z yeah but um a lot of people are more so like oh like were you born before September 11th, 2001? And how much do you recall of that event yeah. happening? Because there are a lot of people now who are like, I mean, they know it happened, but it was that's like fair. they weren't. Even if September
0: 11th was in your history book and it, you didn't, uh, you weren't there, you didn't live. Uh, I feel like that's also a good cutoff. Yeah, I was just gonna say like before if your birthday has a 19 in it, you know, well, yeah, then I feel yeah. like that's that qualifies as like,
1: yeah, I don't you know because I think
0: technically it's 96 right 96 or yeah it's 96 the
1: for or... the cutoff um yeah i think it's 96 because our friend griffin loves to be like no i'm not as old as you i'm gen z i'm like right after the cutoff i'm like okay <laughs> by one year sure Dead. but meanwhile like See, i feel like even then it's like well we grew up with the same stuff and like the same references and like all the like the same right. cultural things it's more so like as you get into the Um, later, like the early 2000s and on with Gen Z. And then it's like some stuff gets like, you know, then there's a dissonance in like pop culture stuff.
0: Um, And then, so the last music mention that I had was Moyan, which is like, not necessarily a new artist, but new discovery for me because I was going through. So I'm like, as some of y'all know, I go through my waves of like, whether it's R&B or dance hall, like my vibe for like, the next few weeks and what I'm listening to on the regular like tends to shift here and there, but I'll stick within like a genre or a certain artist. So, dance hall was my um,
1: playlist Lower slash
0: beats. genre of choice. Some Afro beats, and um, I was just like, I remember just listening to the song. It was called Feelings, and it was by Moyan. And I was like, Oh, this is a cute song. Like, who is this artist? And then, like, I looked at the thing and I was like, Hmm, like her voice sounds familiar. Da 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 da. And so I looked into her more, and she did the song with Shansia that I really liked because I love listening to Shansia called No Limit, um, where Shansia was the feature. And I was like, oh, that's where I heard her from. So those two songs have also been added to the Music Mentions playlist if you want to check those out and get a little dancehall vibes in your life. Um, But yeah, those were the two mentions that I wanted to share with y'all. So make sure to check those out in the Music Mentions playlist. Yes. Um, And then coming up, we're going to be talking about some Drag Race. and the moon the last of us what do we got
1: in a shocking twist of fate uh Manny and i were both actually able to watch the most recent episode of drag race last night at the time of recording this when we were supposed Instead to of reco- recording the podcast yeah <laughs> well there was some like you know unsures with scheduling things this week but we had to watch and it was nice honestly because normally when i watch it one of like um an uh, like a Server that I'm on, someone will stream it. But like, we're all quiet, and like, we'll be typing in chat, like, whatever. But there is something that's nice about watching it with people live and like having reactions to share. I think that's why, like, I don't really, I've never really watched Drag Race like on my mm-hmm. own because I like the live spectacle of it. Whereas, yeah, like the
0: kiki like, aspect of it, you know, yeah, because it's like d- our equivalent of like sporting events, you know, it's basically. Just, like, commentary the live action last
1: yeah. night i literally asked you when we didn't record it like is, what is a straight equivalent of like drag race like yeah. a straight show equivalent um and you were thinking big brother but it's funny because i know a lot of gays who also just watch big brother so is it i mean there's straight people on it and also <laughs> gay people but anyway um it's basically yeah drag race is wow it, to- it sounds so diverse wow. <laughs> um But yeah, like the only time I really was trying to watch Drag Race like up to date was when I was in Boston and um our friend Azad and I would go down to the club and they would have like a live viewing of it and then right after Mm -hmm. that we would go, you know, and have a gay old time. Have an adult beverage or two. Yeah. And I oh my god, and the Buffalo chicken dip that they had. I still think about her. I still think about her. That was the main reason I watched it. I was like, yeah, drag race is fine. But this buffalo Let me tell dip you. right here. So
0: I went to Club Cafe last Friday with Stefania, um, Alex, some of our like local gays from Boston. But we went to CC to do to do drag race Fridays. And they had they have the Buffalo Dip again
1: oh is it not so you good? know a bitch
0: got the buffalo dip it's just like i remember oh
1: it's just as good. okay because <laughs> I, like I remember i remember it's like so good you at was all going like oh C isn't what it, like it used to be but i'm glad it's the buffalo, not i'm glad the buffalo chicken yeah. dip at least got the so buffalo to chicken dip
0: is the sticking yeah <laughs> but drag race um oh yeah <laughs> so i mean last week's episode just got to give a shout out to anitra and uh, miss marsha Marsha because that was a fabulous lip sync um I think a lot but of people were a lot more excited episode, for that
1: lip sync than yeah. they were most of the season. Yeah, um,
0: I mean, I was I was surprised because like Marsha, Marsha didn't really get to like feature like lip syncing, and obviously like you don't want to be lip syncing the bottom. But I feel like whenever Marsha did lip sync, I was like entertained slash thrilled slash like, oh yeah, she's she's a lip singer, you know,
1: with her little BFA, um, you know,
0: yeah. But Anitra is still the lip sync ass- assassin of the season for me. She's she's fierce. Um,
1: she can move. Yeah, she, she would be like move. the
0: one girl I do not want to lip sync against. Like at this point in the competition. But for this week's episode, um, spoil and we're going to do spoilers. So here's your spoiler alert. <laughs> if you somehow um,
1: haven't seen it since by the time this actually comes out,
0: <laughs> right? So for this week's episode, they did a rusical. It was the something Palooza. I forget. Whatever. It was. It was like it was- another one of their like sort of. Punny plays on like a, a yeah,
1: musical. Yeah, I, I feel shitty for kidding the name, but it's basically a parody of Footloose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember because like, there some of the other girlies I've watched with, like they are privy to like the the Drag Race spoilers that go around, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, just like." And this is where we're gonna also, I guess, dip into the political climate of like all the anti drag and trans things that have been going on in several mm, states yeah. in America um and the the musical was a parody of footloose but instead of dancing it's just drag in general is not allowed in this fictional mm-hmm. musical story um although i feel like despite going in with i guess that premise it actually wasn't as heavy-handed in the musical itself it was still pretty campy the way they did it yeah and i actually thought like it was pretty fun but it was mainly every like in between with the judges and like the the girls where it's like this is so important right now and i'm like it is but i'm also like i don't know it felt was like it was being a little too real for like something that's supposed to be so like lighthearted, i guess the political
0: um, commentary prior he, to the the rusical yeah. yeah
1: it was like can we just suspend belief that the political climate isn't so shitty i don't know that's just yeah. me it's like it's important and I mean, for a show as widely watched as Drag Race, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it was kind of like, well. I would like to hope that everyone watching Drag Race who like actively watches it or whatever, or at least by Could this point in the season, yeah. is already knowing about that. So it's kind of like you don't have to say it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that aside, um, it was a fun episode. I think all the girls that um, in their roles did pretty well actually, and it was like you yeah. know got some giggles. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah it was
0: a pretty good like rusical overall i'm not really like a theater gay or like a rusical like, neither am i musicals or anything like it was like, entertaining to watch i feel like it might have been a little long
1: oh, um that's but it was still entertaining that's funny you should mention that because somebody was making fun of me last night for asking when it was over
0: <laughs> girl well no i and see now here's the thing because prior to the, <laughs> the rusical she was saying can we just get to the rusical because she didn't want to have to like relive all the political commentary you know what i mean the, well because so, okay, they Kevin,
1: were like setting it up girl, a lot they were setting it up girl, a
0: lot no and then girl, and then in the russell kevin is trying to throw me under the i'm not bus, trying to throw honey. you
1: under the bus i'm trying to <laughs> just drag you with me we're both oh, girls
0: oh bitch we're dragging then we're girl listen kevin the whole episode was like oh my god the political commentary it's too not the real. whole it's... okay yes can the we, whole episode because they kept. The can... oh Everybody, god. and then we get to the russell and kevin's like oh my god this thing is still going on like what <laughs> So I think I can sit here and be like, it was a little long in, in hindsight without like the, I'm like, she girl, pick, to pick be which different. one you
1: want to rush to the root school. You want to go back to the little cop. Manny just to cup. be different which so one? bad. <laughs> which one? I mean, I still thought it was Don't fun. Come for okay. Me. And also, also I was on an edible. So my patience was, uh, not really all that there anyway. Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> I still liked it. Despite, yeah, it um, what Manny is trying to slander me with. <laughs> And then, I'm pretty
0: sure all I said was that it was a little long and then she came for me, but we can roll <laughs> the tapes. It's fine.
1: <laughs> no, we can't because we didn't record yesterday, so there's no proof. <laughs> it's a she said, she said moment. Girl, uh, um, she said versus she said moment. Anyway though, um, so that was the Bruce School and then the runway looks um, that we had. Mm-hmm. I think the standouts for us were mistress. So the theme of the runway looks was glove, just gloves. Yeah, and I think like the standouts for us were Mistress, Anitra, and Sasha because they yeah. all like kind of did like I don't know they just their looks were pretty amazing. Honestly, like we mm-hmm. were, you know, Anitra had like this futuristic with like laser like mm-hmm. ha- gloves basically. It was really cool. And then um, Mistress had like just this very pa- like you were commenting pageantry, like this super mm-hmm. opulent. Like all gold gown with like one glove having like all this jewelry dangling from it. Mm-hmm. Very opulent. Yeah. Um, and then Sasha doing a twist on glove where she still kind of had like these arm guard gloves, but the whole her whole outfit mm-hmm. was like these baseball gloves. It was so elevated. Out of like a in like a two piece, like kind of almost like bikini type set. Um mm-hmm. it was really interesting, actually. Um, I kinda like the idea of like really twisting it. Um so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: the looks the looks were the looks were looking last night like i'll give each of the girls their props because they kind of had their own like takes on it and also like honorable mention for Lux noir london because like even though it wasn't technically glove i like oh that yes it was, with the arm cast it was a little like it was a little too far out there there's there's like levels of elevation here there's like lucy probably at the bottom in my oh no no actually no it would be selena s titties like if we're talking about like the elevation of looks, or like how you take like a category and do something like really f- interesting in fashion, like Selena's titties is definitely at the bottom for me. Like there was nothing really I, there outside looking, of like I have really big gloves on. Yeah, because <laughs> like
1: I mean? we were we were watching, we we're like we don't get it. Um, yeah. I feel like to try and make a case for it. Looking back, is like maybe she just wanted to do camp with like a really big glove. Yeah. but I think like if she kind of pushed the, that into like the bo- was just so yeah yeah i think it was like because she was like oh i wanted to like give weird and i'm like okay i feel like the big gloves were already like this weird camp thing and i mm-hmm. feel like either if she like wore a big glove or something i think that could have been really funny and would have right. i think made the look but yeah mm-hmm. i didn't really get the which was is why like i a brought up look because yeah I'm like,
0: I'm like i was kind of shook I, i'm not shook i was surprised that nobody like had a referential take on that, like a separate referential. Cause I think that would be kind of cute. Mm. You know, we're talking about Violet Toczley's look from, I think it was like the 2019 Met Gala where she wore like this dress. And then the train on of it was like shaped like a glove, um, which was like, so fashion love that. Um, but like, you know, some of the other girls like took it a little bit too literally, like, you know I think mistresses was also a little bit literal in the sense where like yeah she did the gloves and it had like you know the the dripping jewelry and stuff but, but at for least her she it was made very it like, on brand and it was like yeah. it was like drag to the drag like to the draggiest drag
1: well that's know? the thing with her is like, like, I was like gonna, if you're just gonna do like gloves like like basic like you know uh elbow length gloves or whatever at least like elevate it like give it some yeah. sort of like high fashion like more high fat like she only did it on one hand which i like because it was more like if she had it on both mm-hmm. it would have just been like kind of like fine but having right. on one hand be like a statement piece and the way she was displaying it being very pageant like i think helped her mm-hmm. um and then yeah and then um lucy having like hers being inspired by like a sea monster but then when we saw the gloves it was like looked like mm-hmm. oven mitts they weren't really like Girl. if it had like individual finger like what you were saying like that it yeah. needs to have individual fingers and webbing between mm-hmm. i think it would have worked a lot better and if she exactly. did more like because she did like oh like lochness monster inspired but with like a 1950s like hair and makeup thing where i'm like why not because like queens have done that where it's like do like some monster makeup or like some fish scales like it just mm-hmm. didn't it felt like she was putting on like a costume rather than like yeah. making a drag look for
0: me, it was just the the gloves, the gloves, which are so horrible. I couldn't get over it to be quite honest. Cause I'm like, if you're going to interpret the prompts, like so literally, which is fine. Cause I feel like not, not every, like when they, when they, like the girls come on the show, they have to like prepare all these runways, like for the most part ahead of time. So it's mm-hmm. like some of them, you can be like really elevated and creative. If you have like that idea initially, depending on like, you know, if you're making your looks yourself or working with a designer and doing whatever. So like, I don't expect all the girls to come out with like these really like elevated, like looks like kind of like Sasha Colby's, like what she did for the glove was really, Really like fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was just like for me. It's like when it's that literal. I'm like, you at least have to do the literal interpretation right. Like, it has to be a glove, not an oven mitt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it just it didn't even look finished to me. Is the problem? Like the the little webby parts were like on the outside. They were of the like frills, yeah, like, around it, was... it, and it was just it wasn't making sense to me at all. So I'm like, if you're gonna do it literally, it doesn't take that much creative like overhead to be like oh i should probably make these like a webbed glove and do it literally not an oven mitt with webs around it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um and like with selena it was like hers hers was just like a little bit blasé to me because the oven that like there they weren't oven mitts that she was wearing they were really large mitts but i was like if you're gonna do like really large i'm sorry gloves excuse me they were really large gloves but if you're gonna do gloves like make them like I like in the lip sync how she revealed the spoiler she was in the lip sync she was in the bottom um oh and she went home but uh <laughs> which is hilarious because i literally just saw her perform live at legacy like literally two days ago she was at legacy like last night
1: there was when i was there a video of her oh my god was this from the same thing because was was she calling out ross matthews for like the show because i saw a clip that on Twitter going around of her being like, fuck Ross Matthews, like why is he still a judge? Like all this really like I intense kind of vitriol. Know. I don't know what the whole backstory, I mean, I, t- I forgot what he said specifically about her critique, but she was getting into it a little bit. I like this live show she did and it was, you know, caught in 4k, whatever. I'll uh, send it to you later. Um, yeah, but I'm guessing I it wasn't the show so. you were at.
0: Yeah, but, um, you know, out of all of the looks, like I feel like Sasha Golbys was definitely the most elevated. <clears throat> as far as like fashion and like taking the category and making it like, you know, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Lux Noir's like like I would say in terms of elevation, like it was probably even more so than Sasha's. And I liked how there was like a connection to like all of her friends signed the cast and it was like really cute. There was a little story there, but it might have been elevated. Like it might be too far out. You know what I mean? If we're talking about staying within the category bounds on Earth, Sasha Colby was like, just at the right level, you know what I mean? Where it was like not too far, but you got like something interesting. Whereas Lux's was maybe too far out Mm -hmm. for the category for me, even though I still liked the look, you know. And then Mistress, it was just like she said, oh, what's Mistress's drag persona? And like put like an extra piece, (laughs) put an extra drag on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I I lived for that from the pageant, the pageant aspect of it. But no, pretty much all the girls' looks I liked except for Selena's and And Lucy's so and then they asked the girls which one of y'all should go home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh right. That um and that was it was it was Lux being like who should go home? It was actually Lux Noir asking that question. (laughs) But the way Lux
0: gave like her full like her analysis on each and every no, single it one of the girls—it was basically a
1: eulogy. Like... But yeah,
0: but my thing is is like it really wasn't that analytical because I feel like she just said the same thing for all of the girls except for Lucy. She was like, "Oh, they then, do well, but yeah, it was like I don't know. I just thought it was hilarious. You know, it was good TV, but it wasn't actually like it that wasn't that deep analytical. No. It wasn't that deep. <laughs> so I mean, it was cute. Sasha was just flat out like. Since you can't send them all home, girl, <laughs> I live without I do think,
1: I do think, like, just I have vibe with Sasha's humor the most on it. Like, when yeah. she was the old man in the Rusical, and like, she, so she good sold that, that mm-hmm. like, because I feel like she was the only one who wanted that character for for the Rusical challenge. She played, like, this, the, right. the villain, the preacher's husband in it, Carl, like, this old bald man. And we were like, oh, my God, that's her in all of that. And then mm-hmm. at the end, she gets a number where it's like, oh, my God, like, The husband was also a drag queen it was just so funny the way she sold it um and yeah she was just like well you know like during the during who should go as much as and you know what now that you say
0: that like as much as i love anitra and like you know i still feel like sasha was the winner of this week like even though i'm not mad that anitra got the win because i feel like one i feel like she needed one right and like to after the edit they gave her like earlier in the episode, I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like if you're thinking about it from a production standpoint, right? yeah. like reality TV. But I feel like as far as like the performance goes, like both like if we look at the whole episode, both in Sasha's performance, she took a risk, paid off, and she did really well. Right, that's like the classic example of like take a calculated risk and like blow the shit out of the water because nobody was expecting that from Sasha Colby, right? And then she fucking nailed it. She came to the runway with probably the best look, like, so elevated and awesome, right? But then she was safe. I mean, I I really thought she should have won, like, if I was, like, taking out my scorecard and, like, you know, checking the boxes. I think, if anything, it was I'm also close
1: Anitra with Anitra. Yeah, I think it was close as yeah. far, because they both had these more minor roles, but really sold it. So then, oh, the, at the beginning of the Rusical, them fighting over the roles and, like, Lucy having, like, a <sighs> breakdown. That's what it was. Good girl. Um, That whole thing. And we were just... <sighs> I yeah. was with Sasha in the intro where it's just, everyone else was like, yeah, this is settled. And then just Lucy right. was like, I don't know, a whole thing. I mean, I know it's part of TV, but.
0: Right. It was, it was, you know, the whole thing was just like, yeah, drama for the television. Da 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 Like, I don't think it was that serious. I think, I think what was funnier to me was later in the episode when they were saying who should go home. And Lucy said Selena as titties. And then Selena was like, wow, you really came to me crying early in this episode. And then you're going to throw me under the bus like that. Like that was better TV to me than like them actually fighting for the role in the first place. Yeah. But that's just me though. I mean, I think pretty much all of them were pretty fair in their like assessment of who should go. And I like that the girls are more and more willing now to say, send my competition home rather than who they think like based on track record too. like, I've noticed like recently the girls are a lot more willing to do that cuz it usually happens every season at some point they'll ask like who they think deserves to go home. And for the longest time they would all try to be like congenial and professional and do it based on track record but like mistress and I think um who else was it that said they wanted to send their competition home?
1: It was it was Sasha cuz it was it was mistress and mistress Sasha, and Sasha. Were both cuz oh. Sasha was like well since you can't send them all home Right. um Either one of the, I forget the two girls. She mentioned two yeah, girls because they were like, "Oh, they mm-hmm. they have you know x amount of they wins, have the two wins, and they're right yeah, behind they me." The, so home. she was right. like, "Send them home," which you know is more like right. of a neutral stance on it because mm-hmm. it's like you're getting a, a compliment. Yeah, to the, yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: But I mean, ultimately, Selena S Titties and Lucy Laduca ended up being in the bottom. I was totally in agreement with that.
1: Um, if and we had made it clear this episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> and in the then, bottom. um.
0: You know the the lip sync was cute. I think ultimately, like, it was the right choice to send selena s titties home, and think like I was I was okay with the, that decision.
1: I mean, I felt like so. For the lip sync song was "Run Up That Hill" by Kate Bush, which oh some yeah, popular resurgence because right. it since when it was like in um mm-hmm. Stranger Things, like a few months ago or maybe even last year. I don't remember. Yeah, but it was like last the song year. came back in the zeitgeist, and actually, a lot of gays that I know were watching were like, "Oh my god!" like this song's gonna be used, but they didn't know if it was going to be for like either one of like the later lip syncs where then there's only like the final mm-hmm. four or like the last three queens. Um, but it was for this one, and they' were really disappointed because I felt like it wasn't really a song for Selena or Lucy to really do. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a queen could like turn it out to that song in a really fun or creative way, But for those two, the whole time, I was like,, oh, neither of them's really doing it for me for this lip sync battle to this mm-hmm. song.
0: I feel like Lucy was kind of like trying to give the vibe of the song and Selena was trying to do a little bit extra like to get, you know, they were both kind of like balancing each other out, I guess. Oh, I mean, ultimately it was okay. I feel like any lip sync doesn't look as good compared to last week either, like Marsha and (laughs) Anitra too. So, but I mean, overall, like the episode was cute. Um, I'm okay with who went home. Selena S. titties is still a great performer, and I know because I literally just <laughs> saw her last Thursday, <laughs> earlier this Thursday. You know, I like um, I like her her energy yeah. that she
1: brings to it.
0: Mm-hmm. And she lost. She didn't win any money on the show, apparently. So she said, "Like oh, sure. one uh, which I thought was funny. And I also liked Selena's exit too. I forget exactly what she said, but I remember it made me like chuckle. Um, so it was it was it was cute. I I like I like Selena S. titties. More so than Lucy LaDuca, even though I do think it was fair that Celine went home. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, no. So no.
1: Uh, well, so with, with that, that
0: we're going to take a little bit of a breaky wakey. And then we'll be back. And then with when we come back,
1: we're going to do a little chat
0: Hashtag AI, hashtag um, AI up. is taking over, <laughs> hashtag um, OpenAI, um. hashtag Microsoft, Bing, Siri, and technology. Anyway. <laughs> We'll be right back.
1: Hello again. Hello. Returned to continue the geekery, basically our little tech
0: sector now. Yeah, our um, our hot takes and opinions on ChatGPT, the elephant in the room. I feel like this is like the first time that, like, well, well, you know, I was gonna say maybe this is probably the most relevant tech thing we've ever talked about. Because usually it's something yeah. really niche and nerdy, but I feel like ChatGPT is kind of broken mainstream.
1: Right? It's definitely, if not broken, trying to. Like, I have a coworker who every, almost every other day at lunch has been asking our other coworkers, like, have you tried using ChatGPT yet? And like, the older crowd is like, no, because we still don't know what it is or what we would do with it. And he's like, just don't mm-hmm. play around with it, but doesn't explain to them what it is. Yeah. Um, so for those who are unaware, um, layman's terms, it's basically like an AI driven um oh how do I even it's an AI driven
0: chatbot basically. Yeah. So but you not, prompt it with normal human language and it will. But it's like very general purpose. So it's it pulls very, its like yeah.
1: Information from the internet at large. So like it's not so much like making it up on well, it is making it up on the spot, but it's kind of like you give it a set of parameters or your input information of like oh like what should i make for dinner and then like it will bounce it back either with like here are like some dinner recipes or like like if you the more you put into it the more specified ideally of a result you get from it so it's like what should i make for dinner i'm feeling like this or this what do you think and then the bot will respond with well here's restaurants in your area or here's a recipe for that thing you're craving um as mm-hmm. like a lame example but the mainstream of it is that people have been using this tool, and I think with some, I think there might be some other open AI stuff like Bing's Copilot. I don't know if it's, yeah, I think it's well, more or less it's the same actually, thing.
0: It's yeah, it's basically driven by like the same underlying like model. Um, so it's yeah, it's basically the same thing,
1: right? Um, and we were talking about it a bit on break because my, you know cursory opinion as someone who hasn't used it yet i don't know if i i'm still debating if i will depends but um is that i think it's okay as many put it a tool to augment um which is a really good way to put that by the way sorry to steal your (laughs) spoil your opinion on it um but as a tool to augment the use of something to help with research or whatever rather than it doing the work for you like mm-hmm. i've already heard from uh, our friend azad how he knows some people who have been using it like for homework or that like he's a teaching assistant and that students have been caught using it for homework um which i'm not an arc like honestly if this existed back when like i was in high school i definitely would have been using it because like I didn't like doing homework. If something could do my homework for me, obviously I would have done that. Mm -hmm. That being said, you don't get anything out of someone else doing your homework, obviously, if I had to be a if I had to be a narc about it. (laughs) Um but my only kind of like nitpicky concern is that people will try to use this to replace certain things. And Mm -hmm. that's when like, you know, there will be like it'll kind of be like a bit empty feeling when stuff will just be written by AI, like even as Mm -hmm. convincing as it gets. There is like a lack of creative input, I think, that is still not really there because AI just kind of like compounds and conglomerates information and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I feel pretty mixed about it if you couldn't tell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say I feel pretty mixed about it too in the sense that like, this is one of those things where it's like every once in a while, like a new technology will come around and it's like, a little sensationalized but also kind of game changing at the same time where it's it's not like it's not overly like it's not total sensationalism i guess where it's like they're making a whole fuss out of like nothing right like chat gpt is kind of a big sense in the deal that like this is the first sort of like instance of a i guess like a mass market product or service that almost anyone can sign up for and use and kind of interface with ai in a way that it was kind of meant to if that makes sense um, because, or, well, I guess not really meant to, but if you think about like AI and ML as, as kind of like, so artificial intelligence and machine learning, typically they like their initial sort of like use case was how do we take large sets of data and turn it into like, um, I guess, useful information and insights, you know, because with a lot of large companies now, like whether they're a tech company or not, almost every company is going to end up becoming a tech company, I guess is kind of like where we're going, right? All of them have all of this data. And so even with researchers, with humans, with spreadsheets, with all of the conventional ways that we've done statistical analysis on data points, we're now also gathering data points that aren't always like the most easy to quantify. And so AI and ML kind of like help us do those sorts of things um, and like synthesize information, um, and then that's where like things like those, like the AI art thing, kind of came from. Where it's like they took a whole bunch of artworks from people, probably likely stolen in a lot of cases, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't think artists were necessarily giving their consent for it to be part of the AI's model to create art. And then it would kind of spit out this like new thing that was based on its like previous knowledge of artworks and whatever it was fed into to train the model. And so the the interesting thing about the Chat GPT bot is that like it's more so general purpose and i think it's like its archive of knowledge is like pretty much based on the internet up until i think like 2021 or something like that um and there was actually like a uh like an update i think to the model that it's using where instead of like like a v3 model it moved to like v4 i forget exactly what the name of it is but it's supposed to be an even better version of it but it's still slow compared to like model that like everyone is kind of like that originally started the sensation of the thing Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting in the sense that like how we were talking about earlier it can augment like tasks that humans would normally do so i played around and experimented with it on stream and like just kind of off to the side to do like certain things um i'll use it almost in the same way that i use google right where it's like for the longest time whenever i've wanted to learn something or know about something or like Check my spelling or use a concept i would google it and so now it's like that's kind of how i'm using ChatGPT. where it's like if i think of a concept or a conundrum or if i want to learn it's also um what i really like using it for is asking it like what's the difference between x and y um or like how do you distinguish between you know this and that or whatever um it has really good it has a pretty good understanding of things that i know about so like i've asked it some questions about user experience design um like more specifically, what contextual inquiry is and at like as a research method and how you would use it like what it does um and it's pretty it's pretty accurate um and I started using it as a way to help me do like note taking and some of my own personal knowledge building and like some of the tools that I use, like notion and obsidian and things like that um Speaking of, there's also like a notion like version equivalent now. Yeah, I remember. I remember
1: seeing it in an update, and I'm like, I mm-hmm. do not know what I would use that for, but yeah, I guess it's here.
0: Um, so it's interesting as a tool because I feel like you can kind of get almost like a like a not necessarily like a peer review, but if you need something to kind of like bounce an idea off of or ask like a question or. Like you want some sort of feedback on something, whether you know it's like, you know, 100% accurate because ChatGPT is not 100% accurate, right? Like it's not, it's not perfect in the sense that it knows all and bees all of everything. Because that's like the underlying, I think, precedent that like people are trying to set with AI when it's just really not there yet. However, it's a very exponential technology in the sense that like it's been picking up really quickly. And um, With ChatGPT in particular, it's like now that ChatGPT has happened, all of these other products and services are coming out with their own AI models for different things. So like Notion, how we just talked about is doing that. Um, There's a couple other companies now that have like, like other smaller interventions with like AI features. So like in the context of Notion, like they do it like when you're trying to do writing. So you can either prompt it with a question or ask it to like generate an article that you can then go in like on a specific topic and then you can go in and edit it and kind of make it more of your own. Um, you can ask it for like outlines of things, you know, stuff like that. So like for me with ChatGPT, what I did was I was trying to come up with a speaker bio for this, um, like conference thing that I was applying to do, um, to speak at, right. To do like a presentation. And so like, I was like, oh, what's a template for a speaker bio And it gives you like a template and I kind of filled it out myself and like read it and kind of edit it and was like, mm, I don't really like this, but you can kind of work with the bot to be like, Hey, try this or Hey, remove that. Or, you know, have it kind of like help you edit and curate it. Um, But what what makes it so interesting is that you're doing it using normal human language. So rather than like rather than you having to interface with the computer and like pull a certain lever, push a certain button, um, enter in your details like in a list, you can use natural human language to sort of prompt it. um, And then it will kind of spit out based on your prompt, like what it thinks would be best. And that's also why it's not 100 percent accurate. Right. So it's like you have to. There is like this whole kind of like not necessarily emerging market, but like people are starting to like figure out like how to prompt it in such a way that's going to work best to get the best results. Mm -hmm. But I have a bit of a problem with that, too, because the whole point of technologies like this, particularly ChatGPT, because it's like a general purpose, like language model and chatbot. You shouldn't have to think hard about how to prompt it. It should just understand what you're asking and give you the best result without having to like re-engineer the prompts or ask something a certain way or use a specific keyword. Because that's how, that's how Google Search currently works, right? If you want to get the best results, you typically need to know what to ask, right? But the, the upwards like opportunity and potential is like, you might not even know how to ask something of ChatGPT. You can just kind of like tell it what you're looking for, and then maybe it'll give you the right answer. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's this potential upside in that sense where it's like a lot of times Google Search is only as effective if you know what to search for. But with ChatGPT, like it can kind of give you what you're asking and then also a little bit more or maybe that you might not have known about. Like if you ask it to explain a certain concept or maybe you describe a concept and then it tells you what the name of that concept is or it gives you like others to compare it to. That's kind of where like the, the kind of like hidden gems are with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's like a product or service. It's, it's going to be almost inevitable that humans will be using AI more in the future, um, in the near future, at least as a tool. And I don't really foresee it like as a tool to like how we're talking about augment human workflows and tasks that we're already doing. So like, for example, if I need to come up with a list of interview questions for a user research participant, I might give it some context about the research I'm trying to do and maybe say like, hey, generate a list of questions that you might have for a user. And then I would look at that list of questions with like my actual expertise as a user researcher and say, is this a good question? Is this a bad question? Should I ask this? Oh, maybe this is a question I haven't thought about that I should reframe, you know, and you can kind of use it in that way to kind of help you, right, as a tool. But you're not like generating a list of questions from ChatGPT and then walking into your interview with, like, here's my questions from AI that it wants to yeah. know about your thing. You know and what that, I
1: mean? No, exactly. Cause that's where I was like, again, before we came back from break, I was mentioning, I was like, you know, people who understand like, how to do research and whatnot. Like you were literally the way you just described it being like, okay, like let's review what the bot gave me. And if it's like actually good or if anything looks weird, whereas um, I feel like a lot of people may not do that. Cause they're like, oh, well this just saved me a ton of work. Cool. I don't have to look at it. Whereas right. you still need to review it. It's like checking your own work or checking someone exactly. else's work, you know? Um, yeah. And allegedly people have already been seeing like, oh, like this looks like it was written by chat GPT. Cause there's still certain like, quirks like you were saying before, like with the way it takes in information and then like mm. when it gives it back out, yeah. um, you know, can end up a little wonky if you don't know what to look for. Mm. So I think it always for me comes down to like an over reliance on mm. certain tech where it's like obviously like some stuff is gonna like inevitably come through and like change the way we all are. Like, I mean the internet, mm. hello. Um yeah. but I do think like some people really do like jumping the gun and being like, oh my God, this is going to like revolutionize yeah, the way we work and make all this stuff obsolete. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, cause like, and we actually had this as a separate topic in our little show notes a while back, but like AI art being like, mm-hmm. hit, like artists and creative illustrators and all that hit really hard because like you said, it was like, you know, people were, not consenting to their art getting stolen and basically like crunched and smushed into like this conglomerate like mess of ai art because it worked the same way where it's like here's a list of parameters of what i want and don't want spit out an image please and people were like passing off us their own artwork that they put into it and being like oh like now we don't need to hire artists for things and like so it was like a pretty i don't know how that is still going now Mm -hmm. um but i know some places like art station which is like an online portfolio website basically it was like we're okay with ai art on here um as long as people are clear about it but obviously that's something that the mm-hmm. person uploading it has to kind of do like an honor system with and still mm-hmm. even then it's like not cool yeah. um so i think that's why like when chat gpt came out it i was adverse to it because i'm like is this gonna be like ai art again we're like shit is going to get stolen or whatever but it seems um you know, like from your experience of it that it really is more of just like something to help research and like kind of find what you need without having to dig through like a google search engine yeah. or anything I mean that's
0: that's how I prefer to like use it and the thing is is like for me it's still not front of mind like google is right like I still catch myself being like oh yeah I'll just google this or like it'll be integrated into um like a command line tool that I use where I just like press a keyboard, I start typing in stuff and then it'll open up like a web page with a Google search, right? Mm-hmm. And there are like even Google now implements has even before ChatGPT was in um implementing more like smarter search results based on your query. So like if you wanted it to if you were asking about what a particular concept means, usually it will put like a before the search results for like content existing on the internet, Google will give you those kind of like um pre like context things like before you get into the results that understand where all of the content is coming from and summarize the answer for you right at the top, right? And then give you like the rest of the results from the search. So even that's like an example of like a smart intervention where AI is being used that where people may not necessarily, or I guess in that case, it might technically be ML, but it's similar to where like, where instead of it being part of a feature of an other product, like ChatGPT is becoming its own product because it is AI, which is kind of like what makes Mm -hmm. it different. Um, I think from like a, from a legal perspective, right? The same thing that like we're experiencing with like AI art and like copyright laws, right? And understanding who's the owner and um that kind of like legal frame, like fuzziness. There's also like another part of that, like if we think about autonomous driving, right? So like when it comes to autonomous driving, like it's not really regulated to my understanding in like any specific way. And it's still like a really new technology. And there's obviously lots more implications and safety risks that go along with that, as opposed to like something like ChatGPT, right? Um, but say for example, an insurance company, if you're driving an autonomous vehicle and it crashes while you're in the autonomous mode, are you responsible as the driver in the vehicle? Or is the company that made the autonomous driving vehicle responsible because it was in autonomous mode? Right. Which I and think is
1: a lot of gray in between for like situations yeah, like that, you know?
0: Exactly. So a lot of that hasn't been fleshed out. And then like from the Chat GPT angle, it's like, well, if you ask it to generate an article of content for you. And you just copy paste it and use it and post it as your own article. Do you really own like the copyrights to that article? Or is it like open AIs because they created ChatGPT? GPT? Or like how much do you have to edit the content in order for it, you to say it was your own? Or is it inherently your own because the only reason the content was generated was because you prompted the AI to give it to you? You know, there's there's so yeah, many like I, weird questions there.
1: I feel like, and this is maybe getting into the weeds of it, where I don't know if this would ever Happen, but I think like what it and like all the AI art shit does or should do. I mean, is when you when it generates you something, it should also spit you a like file or some sort of some sort of archive that's like, here's like basically what like how I put together this sources of yeah, literally. Like, I think that would be really helpful for um, because again, like if it's taking information that already exists, it's not coming out of thin air like mm-hmm. how say a person would you know make something um or write something down or create something it comes from somewhere and i think like to understand it more as a tool like how like for example like even though years ago in school they would be like don't use wikipedia to cite your sources but mm-hmm. use wikipedia because they cite their sources and that's mm-hmm. where you could go and that's where you can I think it should do something simple. yeah i yeah. think chat gpt and like you know AI or whatever shit at the very least do that because i think also that would i mean i don't know if it would do necessarily anything for the accountability of like you know like you said with the driver and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i think those are like more gray like areas of like <laughs> i guess investigation but i mm-hmm. think it would help with like creative properties being like well this literally looks like my thing and some the person who Made the AI pro- AI prompt for it was like, well, I prompted him with this, so I don't know what you're talking about. You know, if they're trying to do whatever, mm-hmm. but if there's like, you know, some sort of log or like metadata that was like, well, the chat did scan this thing, this article, and you could see the original text it scanned, and then you could see what it output, and there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I would like hope a, that
0: it's an AI. It, that's like an AI like ethics kind of consideration where it's like, if you're going to implement like i think ideally ai would be implemented in that way what i think it find where that kind of gets tricky is like the way that it works is is very like even i don't understand it and probably azad would honestly be better to ask some of those questions but it is kind of like black boxy in the sense where you you give it input and it gives you output but i don't even think like I guess the AI in this case understands how it it got what it does, if that makes sense, right? Like it wouldn't I don't think it would be smart enough, at least not yet to be self-referential in that way. Mm-hmm. Or I could be totally wrong and it's like it is something that's possible, but people aren't focusing on it because of the accountability that comes along with that, right? Um
1: Yeah, I guess it's like like if I were to go to you with like a design or like a UX question and you could mm-hmm. answer it with your expertise. But if I ask them like, well, how did you know to come up with that answer? Yeah, you know, depending on what it is, you might be able to be like, "Well, I learned it for, like from this class, and like this is like how I would do it, whatever." Mm-hmm. If AI responds in that way, then yeah, it could be kind of hard to be like, "Well," yeah. but as far as like, I think it would help at least with like, mainly I guess on the AI art front, like literally copying an image, like mm-hmm. how some of the artists have problems with. Because I mean, there were people being like, "It literally has like my signature in the corner of this piece, so does that mm-hmm. mean like they then end up owning it, or like right. you know like stuff like that?" Um, I think chat GPT, I'm a little less sour on because mm-hmm. of like, again, the way you explained the way it could be used as like a helpful research tool. Um, I'm just hoping that like people don't sensationalize it and run away with it and not think about like how we're using technology, I guess. Cause I feel like people are kind of like, just, I mean, I'm not going to be like the fucking internet police or whatever. We're long mm-hmm. gone from that. Um, <laughs> but, um, I think being a little more like uh, having a little bit more like intention behind what they're using it for. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I guess like the gravity of which like, honestly, like a kid just kind of like using it on like a homework assignment for me. That's not a big deal. That's my bias, but, um, someone using it to pass off like, oh yeah, I made this and like not being truthful with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, can get kind of dicey or like, I mean, and I guess it goes into like a deeper thing of like, where is the line between like when you make content in like the vaguest terms be it an article Mm -hmm. a piece of art a video whatever where do you like um i guess like where does the the deservedness of monetizing it come in um Mm -hmm. because again like people are with the ai thing and claiming the art is their own or selling that art i mean it's up to the market if they want to buy it obviously but Mm -hmm. there i remember when Chat. GPT was getting more popular. Like there was stuff like, oh, is BuzzFeed gonna just like cut a bunch of positions and then just use like chat GPT to make articles and stuff for them? Right. Um, and that's where things get you get kind of dicey because like again, that's where like it starts to automate things, and that's mm-hmm. where not to say BuzzFeed is like the highest caliber of writing, <laughs> but yeah. um I think losing a human touch with certain things is kind of a direction that some people like want to go with because it's like, well, it makes it easier and I don't have to think about it, but I'm like, well. Just from mm-hmm. like a creative perspective, like I get right. where you want to cut a shortcut because sometimes it is hard to be creative. Right. Um, I think creative people will tell you like that is a struggle. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think to just like take out that whole process though, just for the sake mm-hmm. of like making money and like I don't know. I'm I'm getting a bit too poetic maybe, but like, um, it does get kind of worrisome when it's like you have all these like super like overbearing companies that are like pushing for like this technology to be used without really thinking of like long term what could happen but like Mm -hmm. you said there could just be like it's a new thing so that's why it's being sensationalized and like i could be in my own head about it i usually am um i mean i think they're
0: valid concerns because we have seen instances and examples of technology like this being used poorly or being implemented in such a way where bias does become an issue to the point where like People die, like with the, um, like with computer vision, and like the bias of some of those AIs, like running the computer vision to say, like, oh, this person is a criminal because they're darker skinned. You know what I mean? Or flagging oh God, them yeah. more often because they're darker skinned. And we've like, definitely seen like examples of that, to where like those kind of concerns aren't unwarranted. Like from like the risks of it, and it's like it's the responsibility of companies creating these technologies and and building upon them to be aware of those things. Yeah, I think the difficulty to- is that the system that we are working within does not necessarily reward that, for lack of better words. So, nope. um, if they can use AI to do things and like kind of hide those away, I guess as like edge cases or like a oops, where you know experimental, not really be accountable and learn from those mistakes and make the technology better, um, then you know that's when we're going to start having like a lot more of those problems, and, and AI is going to become one of those like. Oh we stuck it into a robot just to see how it does and then it ends up fucking taking over the world you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah there still needs to be yeah. a
1: human touch and transparency in like mm-hmm. what people are using it for i guess um yeah. and that human touch and transparency also needs to be like a lot more fair <laughs> to yeah. the people who are going to be using it like the users you know like yeah and so i think there's also like
0: it. an element of um like when it comes to like labor and and humans and thinking about like how technology tends to disrupt labor markets and people who are laborers tend to be on like the losing end of that sort of, you know, situation. Right. I think what's interesting about like ChatGPT to what you were saying earlier is like, um, there are companies that are looking at ways to like integrate it into their workflows to make that sort of like labor effort more efficient. And so maybe it's not necessarily using ChatGPT as a replacement entirely for their workforce that creates content, right? But it's how do we get rid of those like 50 out of our 100 content people and replace that with, you know, maybe a almost as expensive, but still less expensive version of AI that is able to do very similar things. Um, and that's where like, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. Because interestingly, with like ChatGPT and some of these AI tools, like some of those people who get laid off, would have access to a similar tool like ChatGPT and then could go on to build on their own business and use ChatGPT as like a way of making their own business building more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that possibility, I think. Um, And then also what's interesting is like from a creativity standpoint, right? Like you were just talking about how it's, it can make, creativity can be hard, right? Especially if that is your job and you're trying to be like creative all the time. Um, but I think even the most creative people will tell you that most things don't just come out of thin air. Like it's inspired by something. It comes from something you saw, something you smelled, something you heard, or you know whatever. Like we use our senses. And part of training in a creative field, like design, for example, is is training your your visual perception in order to see and observe things that like humans just kind of expect or take for granted. Um, like when you look at a door, do you understand that you're supposed to pull it rather than push it? You know, is the doorknob or the door handle in the shape that looks like your hand is supposed to grab it? You know, those sorts of things, right? Um,
1: but and even from designers a, still mess up those things somehow. <laughs> like huh? and even sometimes designers still mess up those things. <laughs> like Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but from a from a labor market perspective, like a lot of and I think a lot of those, those kind of that, at least from a designer perspective, that level of like, Understanding your surroundings and looking at it a certain way comes from the type of work that we do. Um, And so even when I'm not working, I notice usability problems everywhere because that's literally what I do for my job, right? Um, But I think for entry-level labor, I think that's where I'm most concerned because um, they may not have that kind of experience to where, you know, like like for example, if I was truly like an entry-level user experience designer, I was just learning the craft, you know, and you came to me and was like, oh, how do I do this? Or what's this about? Or do you think this is a usability issue? I might have not had enough knowledge or information or insight to really answer that question effectively, whereas like now in most cases, I feel like I would. Or like a true expert or leader, if I didn't know the answer directly, I would be able to tell you that, but I might be able to point you in the right direction as to where to find it or mm-hmm. what question you might be able to ask to figure out the answer you want. Right. Um. With entry level roles, I feel like in in ChatGPT and some of these AI power tools, it's like if people aren't thinking in that way and they don't have enough experience to do that, then it's like, why would they, you know, where's where's like the ultimate, like if we're thinking totally capitalistic, it's like, would you rather just have the general expertise expertise of an AI model or the entry level sort of like learning and skill building expertise of a human, right? But so I think like ultimately more experienced people in their professions and roles. Actually, stand to gain more than potentially the businesses that are making um, some of these technologies. But it's kind of like a slippery slope for, I think, like um, entry level employees, too. Yeah. Because with that
1: example, like when do the entry level employees get to learn, though, to become some of that expertise? Right. Because, like, yeah. Because a lot (laughs) of the
0: things, like, I mean, at least within experience design, you kind of learn by doing or you learn by observing. Like there are, it's like like a
1: lot of people learn from their job is just getting one and then just kind of being in it, yeah,
0: and making mistakes and making sure that you're you're in an environment or a workplace that allows you to make mistakes because they know you're a new practitioner and that like the whole point of you having an entry level role is that it's entry level and you're going to learn and get better and then eventually you know promotions Mm -hmm. or Mm you make your own business or you become. (laughs) <laughs> Suddenly you like become like a rock star or something like that. You know what I mean? Like in an
1: ideal capitalist but, environment. <laughs> hmm
0: Yeah. And I think like lastly, with the the AI thing is like there's this uh, documentary. I don't know if you've called uh and and creativity called Everything Is a Remix. I'm sure you must have seen it before. We must have like talked about it.
1: I mean, maybe you've mentioned it to me, but I definitely yeah. haven't seen
0: it. It's like a YouTube documentary. I'll put it in the show notes cuz I think it's I think it's awesome and if you haven't watched it you totally should. But it it basically it it sets up this story for how like nothing is really new and like ideas from humans don't really come out of thin air. Like it usually comes from like I was just saying earlier like a reference or an inspiration where they saw something and it sparked an idea or like you know I think with with AI one of the things that people fail to recognize sometimes is that there is There is a limit currently, and I think the technology isn't advanced enough, or maybe never could become advanced enough to do, to be able to utilize and understand creativity in that way. So I guess like a a good example would be like like drag race, like we were just talking about. So that that category expression of the glove, I forget exactly what the category expression was.
1: I think it was AI right now.
0: To me, is currently at the point where it would give you something like what Selena S Titties did, right with her look,
1: something more literal, yeah.
0: Something a little bit more literal, you know, probably not as elevated, but a little bit like, you know, it's a glove, but it's like a glove, you know what I mean? Or they add something extra, you know, it may not understand the assignment correctly, so it adds that bodysuit that she wore, right? But then a more advanced version of AI that we're not at yet is what something like Sasha Colby did, you know? Like, that's the... Oh, wow, that was a really good example. I can't believe I just <laughs> yeah. came up with that. But do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, yeah, that's it's I'm... like... what i'm thinking like when we're talking about ais and and now being generative and not just like evaluative in terms of what they can do right they're not just evaluating statistics or running numbers for us it's like they're actually generating things that we can use as humans and edit right and so it's like the difference between like a more experienced queen i guess like sasha colby who's has a little bit more tenure who's um maybe a little bit more skilled in the art of drag and obviously has proven that with some of their accolades even become even before coming to drag race right it's like we, we kind of expect some of those things from her, right? Whereas like not to like despair, like Selena as titties, but like, you know, obviously like she's not as decorative of, of, as a queen as Sasha Colby and Sasha Colby shows that in every episode, right? Like she is a really great drag queen. Um, and so like from the, from the perspective of like AI being to understand what humans ask, it's the same, it's almost the same thing as when RuPaul gives them a category and then it's like what you ordered versus what you got, <laughs> you know? Cause that's what happens with AI a lot, right? Like, or I'm sorry, AI art. Right, where it's like sometimes the face doesn't look quite right or the hands can't be rendered collectively. Yeah, like,
1: which is so funny that, like, because it's like with, like, character designers or people, illustrators, it's like, you know, the human hand is, like, very… It's very complex to draw and understand. And the fact that AI can't even do it just kind of proves to you that, like, some of these things that people think AI can replace are skills that are built up. Like, mm-hmm. whether through self-study and learning and from other people right. and mentorship, you know, it's, like, the, like, it kind of even goes, to like, to even zoom this out further, like, the idea of learning something, you know, like, mm-hmm. is just this very complex and personal kind of experience for people. Mm-hmm. And I think to kind of just <clears throat> treat, like, having a robot do all the thinking and learning for you does kind of take away, like, some of the juju of life. Right. You know, if I had to make yeah. it all poetic or whatever. Um, but um
0: yeah, the reason why I brought up that that everything is a remix documentary is because every time people talk about the algorithm and how it takes existing content and kind of uses it to generate other things. This this documentary kind of talks about how humans do that in the same way. Um, and I don't even think it references AI like at all. Um, but the the way the documentary starts is how song singers and songwriters would do that when they sample other Artists, interestingly, right? So, actually, it's kind of like a full circle moment how we were talking also like (laughs) Red Ruby to Sleeves earlier. Not gonna lie, but like you know, those are. I mean, even that right now, like me being able to make the connection between what queens on RuPaul's Drag Race are doing and like how AIs like understand prompts is not something that AIs can like do yet. Like that requires like like that requires a level of like like, depth, yeah, yeah. That the
1: human mind can kind of get into, like.
0: And that understanding of context, not just like being bound to what you know, but also being able to that's like what makes like metaphors so powerful for people to understand, right? Or comparisons. That's why I really like using ChatGPT to like understand the difference between things. Cause that's how I that's how I gain an understanding of what things are, is by understanding what they are compared to what they're not, right? Yeah. So, I mean we and kinda, a lot of humans are in that way.
1: Yeah. And like we do that a lot, where will be like, it's like this, but also mm-hmm. if you did this and this and like Right, you know, like I mean, even the way people are like, like the gays and the young people are like, it's giving it's this giving. energy, mm-hmm. or it's giving a little bit of this, but not this, you know, like, right. That might be some, like, it's more of like, I guess the the like a human touch of just conversation and understanding, and the human experience. I mean, that's yeah. ultimately
0: what it is. We don't necessarily know how to describe like what that magic spark is, but we know we hey, can't quoi. do that yet. Yeah. AI isn't is giving what law. it needs to give just yet
1: for me to be <laughs> really impressed. boots mama the house down, you know.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, the, the whole the whole like ChatGPT thing, I feel like is interesting, and like I'm watching it particularly from like a human computer interaction standpoint, just because like one that's my job, but also I find it really interesting. Um, but you know, ultimately, I feel like with every technology, especially new ones like this, there are going to people be people who abuse it, who misuse it. Um, who potentially weaponize it, and we should have like systems and structures in place and laws, you know, that are like help prevent um, and punish people who who use things like that. Um, actually, recently, like I've been seeing a lot more talk around deceptive design patterns and practices. So, like ways in which, and this isn't directly related to like ChatGPT, but you know, now that the information age is kind of. Um, You know, if we think about AI as kind of like this new age of like beyond just the information age and the Internet, right? It's like deceptive design practices have been built around information age, um, the information age and like the way that we interface with the Internet. So the UIs that I make and the websites that we navigate and the applications that we use. Deceptive design patterns basically describe areas where they are the applications or interfaces that you're using are intentionally designed to be deceptive to get a particular input from a user. So, like, probably the most common example that everyone has experienced before is like when you go to unsubscribe from an email newsletter, right? Sometimes they make it a little unnecessarily difficult to do that when. Most of us know it should be just as simple as when I click unsubscribe in the email, it knows what my email is because I it, you just sent me that email yeah. and I don't want it anymore, so take it off like, the list. It's like oh,
1: but you unsubscribe from just the marketing right. email, not mm-hmm. the notify. Yeah, like they try to or really, they'll like...
0: use the check boxes and then a confirmation button that kind of contradict themselves. Oh my god, like and then you're like the... oh well, what which ones do I uncheck? Which ones like, do I? Any Anytime check? you go
1: on a site and it's like we use cookies, I'm like I know Same you thing. fucking use cookies. Just reject all of them, please. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, because then that also then it starts going into like data privacy and that's a whole other can of worms. So Um, now
0: there's there's lots of cases and and studies coming about where deceptive design practices are actually being referenced in laws now that are saying like if you use this kind of like practice and some of them are named right like I think one of them is called like the Roach Motel where like basically it describes you can sign up for something really easily right because they want to acquire customers. But the minute you want to go in and cancel your account, they make it really, really difficult to do Gyms,
1: those should be called gym memberships because apparently now you have to write like a letter, like basically a breakup letter with the gym you want to leave. And it's like (laughs) crazy. It's like, do you need like a doctor's signature too? Like, girl, like it's my money and I don't want to give it to you anymore. It shouldn't be that hard to cancel something. Yeah. Um, So
0: that's like a really good, that's like an example of like the Roach Motel deceptive design pattern. Um, And maybe I'll put a link to deceptive design stuff because there is like a whole website and like a person who kind of like coined this term, um, which it was originally called dark patterns for reference. Um, But that in itself was also recently called out for being racist. I think for somewhat obvious reasons when you think about it, right? How we Mm -hmm. associate something being darker with being bad. Um, So the proper term for it now is called deceptive design. But in some cases, it's still being referred to as dark patterns. Um, So that's like another small shift that I think people are making. but. It's interesting to look at because now that there have been some formalities and best practices established around interface design and humans interacting with websites and apps there also have been um deceptive practices designed to in order to deceive humans into getting information that they want and so now that those things have been you know established now and are becoming patterns that people recognize it's starting to be regulated against and i imagine in the near future with ai as that becomes more developed Hopefully the same thing should happen, and we'll start to see like things like that where it's like if you have AI generated art, it has to be stated somewhere in like a caption or um you know it would have to be like legally like it it's owned by this person or by that person, you know, and there will be like other privacy and data security things involved and you know if yeah, you're looking cause... to build an AI art model, you have to get permission from the artist's work that you're using in order to build your model,
1: you know, which I don't get why it's such like. I mean, maybe because, like, it's so much more open-ended or, like, there is more monetary incentive, but I mean, like, it's kind of like if you ever, like, like literally, like, something as far as, like, someone posting, like, a lyrics video that they made on YouTube when they were, like, in middle school, mm-hmm. and, like, they'll be like, credits go to, like, the band of the music video, you know, yeah. or, like, the, the band, the song the band came, that, that came from the whatever band, mm-hmm. and, um, like, even just something like that, like, I right. feel like would help, I think, alleviate and get. Like to help slow down and get people thinking, like oh, like again, like Mm -hmm. that intentionality when like they're using these things, and then also you made a good point where it's like hopefully as you know we go on with development of this and it evolves. Hopefully, like policymakers and lawmakers can get an understanding of it because Mm -hmm. I mean we saw it like years ago with that whole data breach with Facebook or whatever, Mm, and like politicians like, can you print that on a piece of paper? Right, not understanding yeah, that at was all. Like, oh my God. yeah, because like you know, and it's like, I mean, I feel like i don't know again, that's a whole other can of worms, politician. <laughs> but um, yeah. there, there is like again, like that lack of transparency where it's like, okay, well, here's a bad thing, but like no one is going to understand why it's a bad thing unless like mm-hmm. you go into like these huge deep dives, and it needs to be like kind of yeah. the kinks need to be flattened out a little bit to. Cause I think when it comes to information, like. It should be accessible to anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if someone wanted to, you know, learn like like you like what that person did with the um deceptive design, like making it in you know, a format and accessible, mm-hmm. I think that should be, you know, yeah, more easily accessible, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. And it also like it's also like an that website kind of serves as like an educational resource, like um, For, like, also consumers to be able to recognize those things when they see them. Um, And for me as a designer, it's like when I'm doing my work in experience design, I have to be aware of those because in some cases you can do, like, you can implement a deceptive design unknowingly, right? But that doesn't change the impact of what you did. It's the same intent, intent versus impact sort of thing where it's like if I build something and the outcome of it is not good and it's not helpful to people or it's hurt, if You know, there's also a difference between not being helpful and being harmful, too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if it's being harmful and I designed it, then there's, like, accountability there that needs to take place. And you, like, you take that and you learn from it and you do better next time, hopefully, right? Um, But a lot of companies now aren't really incentivized to do that because they need to be – essentially, they need to see punishment happen as a precedent before they start to implement it as a best practice. They need to get
1: canceled and then they have to apologize and then they get uncanceled. (sighs)
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think my closing thoughts with Chat GPT to kind of wrap it is like, ultimately, AI is not anywhere near a replacement for humans um, in the nearest sense. And ultimately, AI is still just a tool. And a tool can be a weapon um, that can hurt someone like a hammer, or it can be something that helps you build a house for your family, right? And like, ultimately, depending on who you are, you may use it one way or another, um, and that's kind of where ethics come in and accountability, which not everyone has those. Um, but there also should be societal and systemic safeguards, kind of put in place to help nudge people in the right direction and reward that behavior um, when it's beneficial to humans. Basically, is my Period. take. Period.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my closing thoughts. Right then, and there is kind of like, um, again, as a little as a. As a bit of a part time doomer, I do like have a little bit of lack of faith with like the general populace when it comes to these things, as far as like mm-hmm. being a harmful tool. Yeah. Um, and that comes down to like, you know, like having a bit of education behind these things and like having it accessible so people can be like, oh, like that's not cool. I didn't know that. Or like just being like, I think more aware of like the full impact it can have. Like you said, mm-hmm. like You know maybe there wasn't an ill intention behind it but when you kind of look at these things Mm -hmm. and see what actually some of the results end up being from it you know and obviously it comes down to the person to you know step their pussy up and like actually admit it or you know keep going on and hitting people with hammers instead of building a house (laughs) um sorry if that was a little rambly there at the end but yeah i agree where it's like we need to like all like it kind of needs to be a group effort on like where Mm -hmm. some of these things end up rather than just letting them like run completely wild because then eventually it will be like robots take over and then who do we blame for letting the robots take over you know Mm -hmm. not that i think robots are going to take over any more than they already have anytime soon I honestly it's probably more likely that will happen with fungus than robots uh, according to the last <laughs> of us no the robots and the fungus are going to team up and then that's where we right. get a real problem on our hands Girl.
0: or the robots are gonna be susceptible to fungus like oh my god that's another... okay never mind <laughs> i mean um
1: mm, i mean some maybe fungus... it'll
0: be robots versus fungus and then they'll just destroy themselves and then humans will come out on top again
1: <laughs> yeah i mean some fungus can literally like eat plastic so i hope the robots are prepared <laughs>
0: all right y'all well Well, i think that's about it for us (laughs) um as always uh the music mentions we talked about earlier are going to be in the show notes so make sure to check out our playlist and check out nikki's new single red ruby to sleaze um also i'm going to put links in the show notes for everything is a remix which is a documentary that i recommend everyone watch um and then also i'll link to some resources on deceptive design since i was talking about those um
1: but yeah. yeah, if you want to email us at gaygeekytired at gmail.com for any thoughts or any topic ideas for what we should go into, want to hear a little bit more about something, let us know. And with and that, get right back at you. Yeah. And with that, see y'all later. Bye. Bye.